the prayer of my heart is, uh, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable. In Jesus' name. Amen. First slide, please. Before, before I get into what the Lord has put on my heart to speak this morning, I just want to express my gratitude to God for second chances. The God who gives uh, second chances. I've had a long stretch in ministry which uh, stopped in 2019 and had a very long period of rest. And uh, when we did the, the relaunch of the charity, at the back of that was actually the relaunch of uh, the work of God, which he put in my life a few years ago. So a restoration, I thank God for that. Thank God for Eglisness. Thank you, Arthur, for asking the question about the name last Sunday. I don't know how many people knew the origin of the name, but uh, the explanation was quite significant for me to say a place of uh, the place of the eagle, Arnold is. And then we, we become the nest, the, the, the place of nurturing, the, the, the place of, uh, of launching. And uh, I always marvel at little eaglets as they are venturing to fly for the first time. I'll try. But uh, yes, colors, butterflies, symbols of hope, people say. And symbols of transformation, symbol of uh, rebirth, the Chinese think of them as a symbol for freedom, earthly beauty, love, and human soul. Random fact about butterflies, they taste their food with their feet. The scripture that we're looking at today is... Uh, Oh yes, next slide, please. Colossians chapter one, verse twenty-six to twenty-seven. I've given it the title: "Can the mystery be made plain?" The mystery being Christ in you, the hope of glory. The scripture is saying the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to His saints. To them, God willed to make known what are the riches and the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. This brings me to my two tins of uh, baked beans. One is uh, unopened. The other one is, has been emptied and washed. 
dunk that one in the water and that one eventually with a bit of help goes in but in the process it is taking in the water and if I were to describe them where they are I could be saying hmm first one has got baked beans in it being in the water has not affected the baked beans second one it's been emptied it's taken up the water it is in the water and the water is in it my proposal for us this morning is that uh, the emptied one which is in the water and the water in it Christ in you the hope of glory next slide please this is revelation chapter 3 verse 20 is knocking at the door the door of your heart or somebody's heart it could be somebody's heart actually today where he's saying i do want to come in i do want to establish a relationship with you i want to make your life a place of residence for me i want to commune with you i want to abide with you on a permanent basis i want to relate with you next slide please we asking the question about hope hope somebody describes it as an optimistic state of mind that is based on an expectation of positive outcomes with respect to events and circumstances in one's life or the world at large positive expectation an optimistic state of mind looking and living with that uh, idea that uh, something good is going to happen something wonderful is in store and and uh, you you're constantly saying to yourself hey whatever it is that is happening around me now i've got this conviction i've got this confidence that something good is going to happen I, I, i'm expecting something good hallelujah i've i've done an, i've done an acronym actually of of the word hope and i've put the h for holding or for onto promises expectantly holding on to promises expectantly promises next slide please holding on suggests perseverance long suffering endurance and persistence there's something about uh, quick fixes but this doesn't come across as suggesting a quick fix uh, 
somewhere along the line, it seems to suggest that uh, there is a time lag. I mean, you talk about persevering, long-suffering. We don't like that, do we? Endurance. Persistence. But there's something there about, about uh, these things which don't happen quickly. And therein lies the challenge for, for us who are so used to fast-moving things. I mean, we, we, we want it yesterday. But uh, when we don't get it, we then feel despondent. And we become hopeless. When things have not happened at the pace that we want them to happen, sometimes we lose hope. And I'm praying today that uh, with uh, what God will help us to dig out, there could be some help around that area for us to to be able to reflect differently and be encouraged to hold fast on the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who has promised is faithful. Hallelujah. Now, there's something there about, about uh, confession. And uh, some of us are... Um, comfortable with a silent confession where I just do it in my heart and nobody else hears about it. But I quite like to challenge us to another type of confession, which is a vocalization of your expectation. So I'm hoping for something. And I wake up in the morning and I say to myself, I'm hoping and I'm believing because he who has promised is faithful. It has not happened yet, but I'm positioning myself and saying to myself that it will come. It will surely come because he is good, because he is faithful, partly because he does not lie. Somebody did a song. Uh, I, I won't try to sing it. But it goes, there is something that God cannot do. And that is God cannot lie. Next slide, promises. Common experiences could be around unfulfilled promises, disappointment, and you get to a point where you say, I can't trust anyone anymore. And even with little children, we begin to have a condition described as they have trust issues. They can't trust anybody. And we're seeing it even at very early stages of their lives, or somebody could be saying, I've waited for too long. I've wasted my time. 
or somebody could even be saying, I've been let down big time. But hey, what I want us to explore, just a, a, a handful, are some promises of God, some promises of God. Next slide, please. In First uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 2 to 4, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which we have been, sorry, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. He has given us exceedingly great promises. Great promises. And he actually says, through these promises, we enter into a nature which is the divine nature. It, it brings across to me the idea that this is actually what he intends for you and me when we come to him, to be partakers of the divine nature. And yet, in many cases, we see ourselves living below the standard. May I encourage us this morning that there is a divine nature that is wanting for us to be partakers of on a daily basis, nonstop, the divine nature. Christ in me and me in him, the hope of glory. Some of the promises that he has given to us, promise number one, he has promised us eternal life for God so loved the world that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That's a massive promise. What is he saying? I'm promising whosoever believes in Jesus, receives him as he's knocking at the door, opens the door for him, allows him to enter, allows him to be in him and him in them. He promises you and me life eternal. Life eternal. Talk about death, he says, what death? Death just being a change of uh, location, status, but uh, life eternal is given. Free of charge even to whosoever. The and that's the thing. Whosoever, it doesn't matter uh, where they come from, what color, 
what they've done, how much money they've got in the bank, or whatever. Whosoever believes in him, they should not perish, but have eternal life. That's promise number one. Promise number two. Promise number two. Promise made specifically to a man called Moses. Or rather to a man called Joshua. That was to Joshua. Yes. He says, just like I had an ongoing presence with your master Moses, I'll do the same with you. He says, be strong. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I want to put it to us that uh, that promise is not actually limited to Moses and Joshua. It's for you and you and me ever present wherever you go. Next promise, please. Ah. I was pinching myself and, and, and said, did he, did, he, did he look at uh, my slides? And then I thought, no, he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. He's one man who, who I know has uh, tapped into one of the things of God, which is to link and connect things. And he, he was marveling at it, and I'm saying, what is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> well done, well done. Yeah. Um, yes. Wonderful promise. Rest, state of peace, is free of strife. Mental rest, social rest, emotional rest, physical rest. Jesus says, come to me. Come to me, come to me. Amen. Mm. I've picked on three promises. I'm not picking on any more. But there's several more. The underlying thing about him is that he's not like you and me. Sorry. Did I want the, the one before? Yes, this is the one. Is not like you and me who will change their mind and uh, shift goal or shifting goalposts. Have you played that game with with, with children where where you actually get them to aim at uh, the goal and you shift the just as they kick the ball, you shift. It's a terrible thing for anyone to do to anybody. Shift the goalposts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've had a few of those in my time. But hey, that's for another day. But uh, not so with God. He will not change his mind. On the things that he has promised, on the things that he wants to do for you and me, 
he is not going to change his mind. Next slide, please. Living in expectation. He says, but without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, I'm wanting for us to position ourselves and say that I have come to God and uh, I believe that God is God. Now, many of us stop there. I have come to God. I believe that he is God. It could be a cultural thing where we, we, we so much want to, to not seek reward and, and always happy to be the ones giving out. But I want to propose to us that actually this our God promises great reward, especially for those who diligently seek him. Diligence. Diligence to me suggests uh, focused and uh, really attention to detail kind of uh, looking for him. And he says, he is a rewarder. Hallelujah. Now, this rewarder, we can come to him and even make a statement of uh, a reminder when we're having a conversation with him and present our case and say to him, I mean, God, you you really need to pay, pay attention to the diligence with which I've uh, conducted my life. I mean, for, for, for the glitches and, and, uh, and uh, errors of omission that I've done, I've come to you and say, I've put my hand up and, and you promise me that if I do that, you cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So I, I don't need to refer back to my old failures because those were dealt with when I came to you and said, I'm sorry. But God, I need to see something of your reward. Oh, and we'll point him back to his word and say to him, God, you say you watch over your word to perform it. I quite like to see some performance. Hallelujah. Mind you, I'm praying that prayer right now. And... Uh, uh, but the good news is he hears. 
and he will not ignore. And I'm living, expecting something good is about to happen. Something wonderful is in store. Living in expectation. I'm inviting us to that kind of life. Next slide, please. But beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. So this is, this is Paul writing to the Hebrews. He's saying, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation. So salvation as a package is not enough, but they are accompanying texts that come with it. Though we speak in this manner, for God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love which you have shown toward his name in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister your, 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 your labor of love hasn't gone unnoticed in heaven. The good things that you have done for him because he is not a mean God. He is not one who does not recognize a good effort and he will do it for you. Next slide, please. I'm summarizing here which is a hint that I'm drawing to a close. How, how have we done for time? Yeah, we're good. Holding on, onto the promises of God expectantly. Put my thoughts there and say, hope is the mother of faith. Where he says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So where have you started before you got to faith? You've started with hope. You started hoping and you had faith developed and there was a materialization which made the thing to be substantial. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope is living in expectation of good things. God is the giver of all good things. Glory is living in the fullness of God's plan. Next slide, please. Then the mystery. Christ in me, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you and me, the fulfilled expectation of the fullness of God's plan for your life. Fulfilled expectation of God's plan for your life.
I have plans for you, says the Lord. Plans for good and not for evil. To give you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Next slide, please. Um, I was reminded on one of my uh, one of my times when I was away, and I did uh, I did uh, four four Sundays of ministry, and on the first one, we're coming back. We meet somebody who knows the host pastor, and he, and he says, "You've been out preaching." We say, "Yes, yes, we have." And uh, we, 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 we believe God did uh, something wonderful. And he asked a, a blatant question. How many, how many souls were, were, were saved? And on that day, I had not even made an altar call. And he says to me, well, if you can't give me a number, whatever it is that you went on to do, it doesn't count. I, I, I said, so from that day on, I say to myself, never will I stand up and speak and not invite somebody to make a commitment to the Lord. On the subsequent three, whenever that com that the call was made, there was a response from somebody. In an, another setting, there might not be a response, but I just want to, to have been able to offer that opportunity. So the response and the call is, uh, if you are here this morning, on the basis of what we have spoken about, on the basis of what God has uh, instilled in your heart, and you know for sure that you do not have a relationship with Jesus. You do not have the open uh, tin experience with him where he is in you and you are in him. And you want to start that today. You want to say, Jesus, the one who is knocking at the door of my heart right now, you want to say to him, come in. And uh, I'm happy for you to dine with me. I'm happy for you to have communion with me beginning today. The opportunity is there for you. So if you're one such person, um, I won't ask you to do anything right now, but at the end of the service, maybe present yourself to one of our leaders here and say, that was me. Or even come to me, whoever. But uh, if, if he has knocked, and you have opened, and you want him to come in, please. The next response is uh, 
for us to allow him to have full control in our lives through the Holy Ghost and allow him full access in, in every area of our lives. And uh, the final response is to pledge to be an instrument in bringing others to him, but also being an instrument called a mystery revealer, Christ in you, the hope of glory. If you can be used as an instrument to invite people to experience Christ and have that expectation of the fullness of God in their lives on a daily basis, that would be great. The Lord bless you. The Lord richly bless you. Finish off by just giving us a point of awareness that the devil wants the eyes of our spiritual understanding to be closed to the glorious possibilities that God has prepared for those who love him. The devil doesn't want us to know the fullness of the Christian experience. And yet God says, no eye has seen, no mind has imagined, no ear has had the things that God has prepared for those who love him. May our spiritual eyes be opened. And may we walk in daily expectation of the great things that God has in store for us. The Lord richly bless you.